0: And welcome back to the Habits and Home Show. I am so excited for today's episode. Not only is it about one of my favorite topics, minimalism, it's also the very first episode that I am posting on YouTube. Yep, (laughs) we are expanding to YouTube and we are providing videos to go with the episodes. Hopefully from now on, there might be some times where we don't have a video, but I'm going to try every week to have a video to go with each podcast. So when I say the word minimalism, what does that make you think of? Do you think that you're going to have to get rid of all of your things? not possess or own any items in your home? Do you think of stark white walls? I always say that to people, and as you can see, my house is white. (laughs) It's just a color that I really like. But does does that mean that you have to have all white walls if you decide to live a minimalist life? Absolutely not, okay? For the majority of people, minimalism is not about being super minimal with all of your things. It means people choose a minimalist lifestyle altogether. It's not just their possessions or the objects that are contained inside their home. They choose to be minimal about the decisions that they make. They choose to be minimal about how many times they say yes to projects and tasks. They choose to be minimal in in what they are consuming. As far as like television and social media, minimalism is a mindset. And for the most part, people think that minimalism is all about material possessions. And I am here to tell you that it is not. And my friend Cammie, Cami Wilkie, who's on the show today, is going to share her journey with minimalism as well, as well as how she got her sentimental husband on board with this minimalist lifestyle. She is a work-from-home businesswoman who is also thinking about expanding her family through adoption. She wants to be able to pass on these minimalist ideologies to her children and raise them in a minimalist home. She doesn't want them to be bombarded with things like most children are nowadays. So I hope you enjoy the conversation that we have and that you feel inspired to explore minimalism a little bit further. Now, before I get into today's episode, I wanna see how your daily resets are going are you doing well? Has it become a habit yet? I want to hear from you. Leave a review on this episode, either on YouTube or in your podcast app where you're listening. I want to know how your daily resets are going. Now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you need to get on the daily reset bandwagon. (laughs) It's something that I talk about that I do every single day. It's how I have went from a mess in my house all of the time to doing just simple resets here and there, and mainly a reset at the end of the night so I can wake up to a better tomorrow. If you want my checklist and my how-to guide, go to habitsandhome.com and download it there. All right, let's dive into our conversation about minimalism. And welcome to the habits and home show i'm your host lisa lazotte and i help busy moms bring order to their homes by downsizing and decluttering and ditching old habits in exchange for systems that bring peace and more enjoyment to their lives we have too much stuff not enough space or time and lack the motivation to get our life together we need simplified solutions to tame the chaos around us and be available, both mind and body, to experience all the joy that life has to offer. Are you ready, friend? Let's get started. Hey, Cami, and welcome to the Habits and Home Show. I'm so glad that you are here today to talk about your journey on minimalism and how that lifestyle has helped you in being a businesswoman working from home, but also a soon-to-be mom. So first of all, can you just tell us about yourself and some things that you're interested in, your hobbies, and um, just so we can get to know you?
1: Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me on. Um, I know that you and I have known each other for only a few months, but... Uh, it's been so fun to get to know you and what an honor to get to be on your show. So um, my name is Cammie. I am a wife. I am a soon-to-be mom through adoption, which I'm sure I will get into a little bit here in the episode. I live in Nebraska in a small town and it's everything you think of when you think Nebraska. Like it is the um, the cornfield less than a mile from our house. Like there's like a cattle, you know, place. Just you know, up the hill, like it is definitely the classic Nebraska town. Um, but I know that we we resonate with that. Like I I know you love um, country living. That's like my dream to like escape from the small town. I love the small town, but I'd love to have a little little land. Uh, so definitely um, Nebraska girl. And I am an online faith based business coach, and so that has been just such a fun journey. I started coaching back in 2019. I started in the fitness space, but then, uh, when COVID happens and everybody was just having this like wake up call, I had my own wake up call. And like the Lord really came in at that point and just kind of shook my faith and really challenged me to go deeper. And it was um, after that season that he called me to make the shift from fitness into business coaching, but to really do it differently than I had seen it done previously before he really challenged me to bring a biblical aspect to the business coaching space and to teach women how to build up these online coaching businesses using, uh, biblical principles. And so That's of course evolved, but now today, like I help the mama who wants to have an online coaching business. She wants to be able to make money during her kids' nap time and she loves the Lord. And so I help her do that, um, utilizing Instagram as a, as one of her tools.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So on the interview that I did for your podcast, as we were getting off, you said something that triggered me and caught my attention, it was minimalism. And Uh I was like, yes, friend, I can relate because I went through a journey of becoming a minimalist and I definitely relayed. Um, and you know, you just kind of like, just like you are Christian and you, you're like, when you find out somebody else has the same faith as you, you're like, Oh, I found like, I feel like we're already sisters. And Mm -hmm. when you said minimalism, I was like, Oh my goodness. I feel like we already know so much of the lifestyle. We share so much in common. Um, so can you share how you became a minimalist? If that's what you call yourself, sometimes people are scared of that word and it doesn't have to be a scary word, but if you call your, you know what I mean, like living more minimal downsizing, living within your capacity. So how did you become a minimalist? And did you grow up that way? Or is that something that evolved over time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I did not grow up as a minimalist. And uh, my parents were didn't. uh, They were not I hate to use the word hoarders. That's such an extreme, but so they were, they definitely didn't hoard anything, but when you look at our, my childhood home, it wasn't a minimalist. It doesn't look like my home. Now it's a beautiful home. It's organized. It's, it's, you know, things are put away, but it wasn't um, it wasn't a minimalist lifestyle. And, I think that the way I, I feel like I stumbled into this lifestyle, like it wasn't necessarily intentional up until a few years ago, really where it, it came from was I, uh, after I graduated college, I married my Prince Charming two weeks later. And we went on a honeymoon. We talked, we talk about this, like that was like a really like, big high point in our life. Like it was like, it was from good thing to good thing, to good thing. And, and, you know, graduating college to wedding day to vacation. And then we stepped off the plane back into Nebraska and life hit hard. And all of a sudden we were a newlywed and very much in love couple that was hashtag broke. Like, we did not have very much money coming in my husband has had and still has a phenomenal job but i he was carrying 99% of our financial load and i just wasn't making that much money because i didn't get the job that i thought i was going to get out of college i thought i was going to go and have this big elaborate career and it just doors just kept shutting after shutting after shutting. And so we were living quite literally paycheck to paycheck. And so I feel like I stumbled into minimalism simply by the fact that we didn't have money to buy anything, (laughs) only the uh, bare essentials. And so maybe that's not everybody's story. um, But that's how it started off for us. Uh, we, We just didn't have the money to buy things. And as time went on and our income grew and and the Lord is so faithful and he allowed us to buy a home and we moved out of our little itty bitty little apartment and there's just only so many things that you can pour into an apartment Lisa like (laughs) a small one at that so you have if you want to have a functioning like experience in an apartment you have to be uh you get you have to downsize but we were moving into this home and my mom came over and my mom and I are like on the same page. We're kind of like the, the, we, the purgers, like, we don't need this. We don't need that. And my husband and my dad are like, save it all. Like, what if 17 years from now, if I can't find this textbook from a college, like I'm going to lose it. Like just things that don't need to be saved. And my mom came over and just really helped me organize our apartment as we were getting ready to leave and move into this home. And so the way that I, so I stumbled upon into minimalism, but the way that I intentionally decided to keep that as our, our lifestyle is when we moved into this house and we, we brought our stuff, we quickly realized that like, we unpacked all of our stuff and like, there was still a whole bunch of space left over. Mm -hmm. And so we had two options. We could either buy stuff to fill the space, buy things that we didn't necessarily need to fill the space or we could just continue buying the things that we need. Uh, we're no longer living paycheck to paycheck. So it's not coming from a scarcity place, but just, it's so, I feel like I walk into my home and I can breathe and not to mention it's so much easier to keep things clean. Mm -hmm. So that's how we really intentionally decided to stay into, or I decided to stay and (laughs) and lovingly wrapped arms with my husband and said, come on, honey, let's go. Um, But decided to really make this a lifestyle for us.
0: Yeah. Well, you, I love how you said that um, you intentionally stayed minimal because once our income grows, that is sometimes the struggle because a lot of us, not all, a lot of us, I don't want to say that, but um, some of us start off coming out of college, starting our new marriage, not having a lot, and then when we get our careers and the money's coming in, we have increased income, and it's so tempting to just buy everything and fill up the house, but I loved how you said you intentionally stayed minimal because you had already experienced what it was like to manage so much less in your home. So I love that part. It also made me think of when we lived in an RV, um, we lived in a converted bus for a year and a half and it taught us so much of living minimal taught us good habits in our home. And when we moved into our farmhouse, which is 2000 square foot feet, it felt overwhelming because there was bare space. And I was like, how am I going to make this now large space feel cozy? Mm -hmm. And so I have learned that bare space can feel cozy. It actually brings so much coziness because it brings a lot of peace. So um, I I like how you said that made me think back to my own experience with um, moving into a larger home. So what have you experienced any struggles with your minimalism that you've had to like keep in check or like you've encountered with other people who don't share in your minimalist, you know, lifestyle, what are some struggles that you may have encountered with it?
1: Yeah. So one thing that I think we, I don't know if I would say it's a struggle, but it's something that we really try to intentionally keep in check is um, like I said, as our income has grown, not just buying things just for the sake of we can afford it now. You know, we we couldn't afford all of this then, but we can afford it now. And I really, uh, my husband and I really we have a lot of open conversations around okay, if we're gonna invest in this thing or if we're gonna buy this thing, what's our why? Um, do we need this thing? Does this thing uh have we prayed about this? Um Have we asked the Lord for wisdom on this? Is this an investment that, and it could be a small investment. It could be like $50 for just a little, you know, something around the house, or it could be a larger investment to buy something bigger. And does this fit into the larger goals that we have for our life? And if it does amazing, then let's, let's buy it and let's do it joyfully and, um, with thankfulness. But if we don't need it, then what is it? What are we trying to fill? What's the void? What is, you know, are we just, are are we bored and we need to get more creative with um, how we plan things or uh, fun activities? You know, why do we feel we need to buy the thing that we didn't actually really need? And, you know, simultaneously to that, there are things that my husband and I, really love to splurge on. And one of that, one of those things is vacations, which Mm -hmm. I don't, you can't buy a vacation and put it in your house. Mm -hmm. And so whenever we go to need to think about making a purchase and whether it's clothes or furniture, whatever it is, is this thing a need? And is this going to add to our life? Or is this going to take away from the thing that we really want to spend our time and energy and finances on, which is experiences, So that's something that, uh, we have, uh, kind of encountered in our journey.
0: Yeah. Um, I try to teach my kids that experiences create memories that last longer than the gifts that they receive, the tangible gifts they receive, because I really can't think back three Christmases ago, what I got for Christmas and my kids can't either, but we can think back three Christmases ago of the, feelings that we felt and the memories that we experienced. And so, um, and I know that you're going to probably encounter that as well, as you become a mom, you're going to be, you're going to want to pass on these values that you and your husband have created for your family. And as a couple, you're going to want to pass that on to your children as well. So I commend you for that. Um, I love what you said, um, you kind of, you kind of wrapped it all up in quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. Um, And I keep thinking for us, we have always bought not now, but in the past, we've always bought really cheap. We've always tried to be cheap. We've always tried to buy me more so than my husband. He's um, he's more of, he has more expensive tastes than I do Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I like to save money, but all of those cheap things don't last. We end up easily donating them. And so, like you said, if we spend money on the, the thing that we want right now, what is it keeping us from getting later on? So instead of spending little bits of money on all these little cheap things, just save up and buy the really good quality items that you are dreaming about. Um, I also like what you said about what void are we filling? What void are we trying to fill with this thing in our life? And so that's a really good, really good, um, you know, strategy to keep yourself from buying all the things by just asking yourself, okay, Am I sad? Am I depressed? Am I just doing retail shopping or whatever? And of course, we don't want to be super strict about that, but it's great to ask yourself and to be more intentional about your purchases by asking yourself those questions. So we talked about your husband a little bit. So, you know, you said that your father-in-law or your father and your husband are more of the savers and do you and your husband kind of still clash on that a little bit as far as like, he wants to hold on to some things and you're like, honey, let's get rid of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Great question. So I would say that it has improved so much over the years. I, I remember Lisa, this is like hilarious story. So in our apartment, um, so my husband, we, uh, because we had no money, like we, um, very much were intentional about making our meals and we really limited how much we ate out. And what that meant is that like Lucas would always take his food to work. And so we had all this Tupperware. Well, Tupperware, plastic Tupperware was so cheap. You you always lose a lid and they always comes in pairs. So you just keep buying more Tupperware. And we were getting ready to... (laughs) to move out. And we had just decided to make the switch from plastic Tupperware to glass Tupperware. And so I was looking in our hot mess, Tupperware cupboard, and thinking, oh, oh no, this is not coming to my new home. <laughs> this is this, this whole thing could probably cost $8 in here. Like, It is getting tossed and not to mention like at the time we were starting to like realize like, Oh my gosh, like, and I don't know how anybody else feels about this, but we were starting to learn about heating up plastic in a microwave is much different than heating up glass in a microwave. And we were like, Oh, we got it. We're going to purge this plastic. Well, um, I knew that this would trigger Lucas and not in a really big dramatic way, but he would see that and he would, it would create anxiety in him. Mm-hmm. And so being the probably overly bold wife that I am, I got myself this big old trash bag and I started just chucking it in this bag and it filled up the whole dang trash bag. And I, I knew he was coming home. I could see his little GPS moving towards the apartment. And I thought, I got to, I got to tail it out the back door and run across this parking lot and throw this in the dumpster before he notices. And I started out and all of a sudden his, I see his truck and he sees me with this bag, which I was like, just think it's trash, honey. Just think it's trash. Just think it's trash. And he's like, what is that? And I just, I, I don't have it in me to lie. So I just didn't say anything. And he's like, <gasps> and he was like taken back about, I would have the audacity to toss away our Tupperware, even though we had just bought new Tupperware, we didn't need this Tupperware, none of the lids fit. And so it has evolved a lot since then to where it, it doesn't create deep anxiety in him anymore. But to be fair, since then, we've also downsized even more to where the things that we have in our house now, they are the things that we need. They are the things that we use. So I'm not purging nearly as much anymore because we have already done the purging. And then we're very careful about the things that we're bringing into the home. So we don't have... As frequent of conversations around, hey, I think we could do without this. But when we do, um, he is much more um open to the idea of we are no longer in scarcity mode anymore, mm-hmm. right. which I think is where perhaps he was hanging on. Is well, we didn't, there was a time where it was a struggle to buy groceries. So we, we, you know, it triggers something in him that. We're in survival mode. And it's almost like just kind of gently reminding him that we're not in survival mode anymore. And the Lord has been faithful. The Lord has um, provided so much for us. And we really want to be good stewards of our finances, which makes which in turn leads us leads us to be really try to be really good stewards of the things that we have in our home.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I am cracking up. I cracked up the entire time you were telling that story, because I'm just imagining you like sneaking out the back door and, you know, tiptoeing across, like, or just running across the parking yeah. lot to the dumpster. And I feel like I feel like there's always one person in the relationship who is more gung-ho about this minimalist lifestyle. They've researched it. They've listened to the podcast episodes, usually without their spouse. And then they come to the, the relationship and they're like, okay, honey, this is what we're doing. And the other person is like, wait a minute, this is not what we've been doing. And so that's how I was with my husband. And, um, I remember weeding a couple of years ago, weeding out pictures just in a, you know, in my picture box. And of course I shared it on my Instagram stories and my husband came home. He's like, Lisa, you're throwing away memories. And I'm like, babe, they're my pictures. I don't want those memories. <laughs> so he tends to be more of the sentimental type than I am. So I, that is just the most hilarious, um, story. And I like what you said about having a scarcity mindset. Um, some of us who, um, have, you know, grown up poor or grown up, um, not as, you know, well off or affluent. Um, and we, then we come, you know, to where we're taking, we're managing, we're budgeting. I I'm, I'm learning how to budget. My parents didn't budget. We had creditors calling our home asking for payments on things that were late months. And so I didn't I didn't come, you know, I didn't grow up with that lifestyle. So now we budget our our finances really well. And, you know, we're able to buy whatever we want. Um, but I like how you said we didn't have that. We don't have that scarcity mindset. So letting things go, we don't have to keep everything because we are afraid of not having. We right. have to trust in the Lord, like you said, that he's going to provide because he already has. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, I, I also like what you said about being a good steward. And that's something that I talk to my clients about a lot when they like to keep things mm-hmm. and I say well is that thing are you being a good steward of that thing that you are keeping and they're like no it's just sitting there in a drawer unhidden it's not really serving a purpose in my life it's not helping anybody else and I'm like so are you being a good steward of it and and you know 9 times out of 10 they're like no and it really convicts them and really helps them to shed off that weight that they're carrying around so exactly. let's switch gears because in the in the beginning you talked about your business, you are a work from home, um, soon to be mom. And how do you feel like your minimalist lifestyle helps your productivity in your home business? And if so, in what ways does it help?
1: Yeah. So, um, growing up, my mom had this saying, um, a messy house, can create a messy mind.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: really like what she meant by that is it's really hard to be effective at whatever it is, whatever task is at hand. If your environment is a hot mess and I, some people can work in environments where there seems to be chaos because it's, even though it looks chaos, chaotic to everybody else, it's organized in their head. And again, like that's my dad to a T. If you walk into my dad's office, there is papers stacked three feet high there. it's It's filing cabinets. It's it, you can't move in there, but he knows where every single thing is and it works for him. I am not that way. And because I work from home, it is so important that my home is conducive to my mind functioning really well. Specifically, uh, we have a home where it's, it's an open floor plan. So you step through the front door and you can dang near see the entire house. And so if I'm standing at the front door and there is a mess happening in the kitchen, even though I'm in the living room, I can see it. Mm -hmm. And I can see the dining room a little bit from my office. And so it's kind of all in like a, it's very open. And so I need it to be functioning and it's so much easier for me to pick things up, to keep things, um, managed and steward and cleaned, when there's not that much to do. Like, I feel like truly I can deep clean my entire house. Like if I'm going to dust and, and windex and do all this, um, in under two hours, I mean the whole shebang in under two hours, like we don't even own carpet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that may be a little
1: like a lot for anybody. No, like, that's,
0: because, that's great. You well, know, that just, works for you.
1: Yeah. And so, um, that's really helped me be more Um, Functioning in my business when I don't have clutter around my world, and thus my mind is not cluttered.
0: Right, right. Um, So you're able to get into your work block sooner. You're not having to pick up because I feel like, um, and and we talked. I talked about this a little bit, and I talk about it more on my podcast. But um, for me, minimalism is not like barren everything. It just minimalism for me is the minimal amount. I need in my life so I can function in life and not having extra that I have to manage. So really living within my capacity. So when we do live in our capacity, we're able to to get to, to manage our home quicker. So we can move into those different time blocks throughout our day. When we're stuck doing and picking up all the time, it really hinders our productivity because we're not able to move into and transition into those different time blocks that we've segmented in our day. Um, So, so would you say that there's any times when things just start to get out of hand and it's kind of chaotic and you're like, okay, we need a reset. If, if so, what do your reset routines look like? or your checkpoints, like when, when you know that it's time to have a a reset, what does it look like in, in your home?
1: Yeah. So I feel, so I have like daily resets and then I have weekly resets and um, the times in which things would get messier than normal is when we have company, or if we have um, back-to-back activities, or if we're hosting somebody, or you know what have you, and and things that usually would have been addressed or cleaned right away, kind of pile up for either a couple hours or a couple days. So those are the times where I notice that there is more messy. And the things that that are kind of like my non-negotiable resets is I have like a nightly reset where. Um, every night before I go to bed no matter how late it is even though it's I could be tired I could be past my bedtime but I know that if I do this 15 minute thing I'm gonna feel so much better in the morning and at this point what's what's 15 more minutes so that I can wake up with a clear head and that is to clean up the meal that we had after dinner and sometimes this may some people may not drive with this but I will even start cleaning up dinner as it's cooking and I'm done with the pan. So yeah, that way I don't have to like, I don't always have to like do it all at the end, but I will make sure that the dishwasher is, is loaded. It is running, which I loved that. Apparently they did a statistic that like, it doesn't cost any more water to wash them in the, in the sink versus in the dishwasher. And so I am (laughs) a dishwasher girl. Um, So that dishwasher is running. The laundry room is Put together, I may not have the, la- the laundry all completely finished, but there is a space for everything. And I know where my laundry is going to start the next day. If I have any, um, we have our countertops are clear, to, you know, there's some things that we leave on our countertops, but they're clear and the couch area, which is kind of our main area. There's no like blankets hanging out. Like they're, they're folded up and they're put away. And again, someone might think, well, that's it. Yes, that's it. Because that's, um, we don't, we, we don't have that many, that much stuff in our house. So there's not really that much to clean on a daily basis. It's usually a dish thing, or if we have dirty clothes, we have specific campers and a routine for our laundry. Now on a weekly basis, what I'll do is I will go through and I'll sweep our floors. We have all hard floors, in our house. Um, we, t- we don't own carpet. I have horrible allergies. And so mm-hmm. it just helps with my allergies. But I'll go through and I will sweep the whole house. And that doesn't take me but 10 minutes. And I will vacuum in like little crevices that maybe are just hard for a broom to get into. Okay. I will make sure the laundry is done and folded and put away. And um we have a fabric couch, so I'll vacuum the couch. And that's it. Like that's it. And that's like not even like so. That will take me like 30, 30, maybe 40 minutes. And if I'm really feeling like gung ho and I want to get out my, my duster and my, my Windex, Now that's the thing that might take yeah. an hour, you know, to do everything. But really like, I, I remember like my mom saying, okay, guys, we're going to do cleanup and it would take a long time doing cleanup growing up. <laughs> um, they have a bigger house than we do, but they also had more stuff yeah. to clean. So yeah, yeah. those are some of my, my weekly and uh, daily recess.
0: I, I, that's so cool because, um, I, yeah, I remember, um, growing up my mom, I don't know, maybe it was just our parents' generation and I'm a little bit older or a lot of bit older than you, but I feel like they just were the knickknack generation where she loves the word, <laughs> she loves the word it, she
1: will like, she uses that word often
0: <laughs> knickknacks. I don't even think I use that word in my, yeah. my home anymore. I don't have knickknacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess we use the word decor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but yeah, dusting all of those things and moving everything. And if you are, if you're up for this, Cammy, I would love if you're up for it and, and no mm-hmm. pressure, I would love for you to take some real life, minimalist, home pictures. So we can put it up on the blog for this episode. Oh, Yes. I I think a lot of people have the wrong idea because they think just, and of course I'm wearing a black shirt today, but they think like all black wardrobe and just white walls. And of course I have white walls, but that's just (laughs) what I like, but, um, they have this this image of very contemporary, very modern look of minimalism. And I think minimalism just, it can look different for each person and it varies from person to person. So if you're up for that, I would love for you to send me some pictures so we can include it on the blog.
1: Yeah. I think that'd be so fun. And you know, the other thing I was going to say is there is compromise. Like it is not Lucas's, um, instincts to be minimal. His instincts is to not hoard, but to collect a little bit yeah. and to hang on to. And so there have been things that we've had to compromise on where, you know, if I was the only one living in the house, like we, there wouldn't be a thing on the countertops like that. So we've, we've definitely compromised a little bit. Um, But he would say, man, we just, I think our home looks bare and (laughs) I don't think it looks bare, but I'll I'll take some photos and you guys can tell me what you think.
0: Yeah. I think maybe for our, um, I don't know about your husband, but for my husband, I think, um, (laughs) they end up marrying because they want that comfort from their mother, like a motherly comfort in their life. Not, that's not the only reason, but they, it kind of, they're kind of a getting that when they get married. And so their moms, our generation's moms, they all had stuff in their home. They had the knickknacks and they had. And so I feel like that brings comfort to people who don't naturally have this drive to be more minimal. Um, And also typically, I I won't say across the board, but especially women who are the ones that are managing their homes the most, they typically get to the point where they're like, I'm done. I want my life to be more minimal because they don't want to manage it all. And, and you, and I don't want to generalize, but sometimes the men or the husbands aren't the ones managing their home for Mm -hmm. us. The roles are he manages the outside he works away from home. I manage the home. I cook. He don't even know how to cook. He does a little bit. But um, and so I think that there has to be like this balance, this kind of like playfulness back and forth of um, honey, we're, we're, you know, this is, this is what brings me peace. Um, will you be okay with this? And just getting, just communicating that with them. Right. So um, so you mentioned adopting and we've mentioned that all throughout and I'm really, really excited for you. So how would you say your minimalistic lifestyle has played a role in preparing you for becoming a mother? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, um, to kind of back up, cause it's definitely relevant as to how, you know, if you look at our nursery right now, our nursery to be, you'd be like you're not ready like you're ready
0: <laughs> um, I know you're ready
1: <laughs> right and but so Lucas and I are they call them preferences in the adoption world you know uh tell us you know the uh preferences of the, the situation that you would be open to and Luke and I decided that uh to really prayerfully decided that we would have a wider range of age so we could have a newborn and we could have a child all the way up to 24 months old and although this will be my first time being a mother, I am the oldest of four. And I know enough to know that the needs of a newborn are much different than the needs of a 23 month old child and or toddler. And so we did not have not bought ahead of time, like some, some hopeful adopted parents, they'll have like a, a age range between newborn and three months. And so they know like we're probably going to need the newborn you know diapers probably going to need like the certain size onesies we have no idea mm-hmm. and so because of that we have not gone out and bought anything because we have no idea what we're going to be experiencing. We don't know if it's going to be a singleton or if we're going to have twins, triplets, if we're going to have a child that's 23 months and a child that's a newborn. We have no idea what we're going to need. And so until we get that call and we have context to um the child that we're going to be preparing for, we've decided to not buy a whole bunch of stuff. Now we've bought a few books um yeah. that you know it doesn't matter what age they are. A couple things here and there, but it's actually something that like our agency, they're like, you know what, if you it's, they're like, it's are so okay to, to, to not have bought anything until you get the call and you understand like the, the child that you are buying these things for. And so to be honest, when we get that call, we probably will fly it. Cause we'll probably likely go to another state. Uh, we will probably get on the plane without a car seat, without diapers, um, without anything other than our bags, our IDs, and, you know, the stuff that we have to have legally. Um, and then we'll buy it all there. And we'll only buy the things that we need, like in that state, and we'll bring it home. And again, it's kind of like, we'll just, we'll, we will just we we did not have this nine month time period to gather things like uh, many women do. We, we're going to just jump into it and buy as we need. And that is, we're good with that. Like that may give some women some anxiety. We are chill with that approach.
0: I love that. I, I love that. Actually, my niece just had her first child and I went up there to visit her and she was so minimal with what she had. And I was like, I am so proud of you because after I've had three, you realize that you don't need all of the stuff and they don't need all the containers and they don't need, they don't need anything really. And um, even back in the day, like old, you know, farmhouse living and um, you know, They would take a a drawer out of the dresser and empty it out and put it on the floor beside the the, the mother's bed. And they used it as a bassinet. I mean, like kids really don't need that much. And so I love that you have already prepared your mind that all we need is our baby. All we need is our baby and something to cover his or her hiney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know? So really like all the other stuff just tends to get in the way and you end up having to m- not only manage taking care of your child, but you have to end up manage, managing to k- take our, uh, care of all the stuff and your life, your life is already going to be very, very different bringing in a new person or people into your life, just keep it simple, keep it minimal. I'm very, very proud of you and y'all's mindset for that. Thank Uh, you. Yeah. So, um, I'm excited to please keep me up to date with that. And when, once you get, um, your children or your child, I would love to update the blog with your family's new picture. So make sure that you send that to us as well. So do you, do you have any final thoughts on minimalism and encouragement for those who, who are overwhelmed and they want to start downsizing and living a simpler life?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I have heard of people talk about, um, that Jesus was minimalist, minimal minimalist, and I was thinking about that. And I had never really thought about that before. And I thought, well, by golly, he was, he, he had probably a pack and then he walked from town to town to town with, with the shoes on his feet, the clothes on his back. And he was not worried about, well, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? And it goes back to that verse. Um, It's it's a whole passage, actually, Matthew 6, 25 through verse 34. And I think that that can really speak to our lives and really trusting that like, what we need is going to be provided for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God doesn't promise riches or the biggest house or to have all the new fancy stuff, but he does promise that he will, he knows our needs and he will provide for those needs. And when I think about the simple life that Jesus had, and yet he was the most impactful human being that has ever set foot on this planet. I think, man, what, am, what do I think that I'm gaining by having all this stuff? Yeah. And when I also think about what are the things that Jesus valued? Well, he valued a lot, but to like, to really think about, you know, picking out just a few things, he valued relationship, Mm, having conversations, which equates to experiences, being present where your feet are with somebody or present where your feet are in the moment. That's so good. And so how can we, instead of filling our homes with stuff, how can we fill our homes with joy and love and laughter and experiences. And that's not just to, to feel shameful to, for buying the occasional decorations or whatever, what have you. It doesn't mean your home has to be bare. But again, really going back to, is this thing that I'm buying, do I need it? Why do I want it? Am I filling a void? And is it helping me become more impactful as for the thing that the Lord created me to be? And if the answer is no, it's not to say that we're, we can't have it, um, but, but just have those kind of those uh, speed bumps, if you will, before going and buying the thing, those little checkpoints, I think.
0: Wow. There were so many mic drop um, statements that you made that I'm going to go back and listen and write those down because so good being present where your feet are was the main thing. And then just like using Jesus's example of what he found valuable, the relationships, um, you know, he traveled <laughs> traveling. He found that valuable as well. I mean, so there's such a good example that we can follow um, in his example. So um, let's just wrap this up. You have given us so much good nuggets and telling us your story and tell us your journey. And that's what people really need to hear is real life examples of people You know, downsizing, living more minimal, living without the chaos. So thank you so much for that. So before we leave, um, who do you serve? You've already said who you served at the beginning. Um, Can you just let us know again what you do in your business in case anybody needs that service from you and where people can contact you? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me on the show. It's been so fun to chat with you. Yeah. It's always fun to chat with you, but uh, <laughs> thanks for having me here. So I serve women who want to be home. They want to be home with their kiddos, um, but they also desire to help bless their family financially by using their gifts and being able to know how to, how do I make money while also being present with my kiddos. And so what I do with them is I teach them how to create an online coaching business that allows them to use their God-given gifts to serve other people, which is what we're commanded to do. And first Peter, you know, it says, I've given you, um, a spiritual, each of you, a spiritual gift for my great variety of spiritual gifts, use them to serve one another. So we really take that verse and embrace it. How can, what gifts has the Lord put inside you? That is the solution solution to a problem that someone's happened. someone's experiencing, um, and how can we become the answer to somebody's prayer? And I teach them how to, how to, how to make that into a coaching business and how to sell online, which again, allows them to generate income from home and, and be present with their kids.
0: Oh my goodness. How can we be the answer to somebody's prayer? Like that gold, Absolute gold. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. So do you have any freebies for um, our listeners that they can go and um, get from you? And, uh, you know, or, or even where they can contact you? Like, how can they connect with you more?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I too have a podcast. Um, I have a podcast and Instagram. Those are my two main platforms. And every week I put out two episodes on my show on Mondays and Thursdays. And the show is called the Bible's babies and business podcast. And so you can come hang out with me over there. Um, I'm there twice a week, uh, with content with episodes. And then you can also hang out with me on Instagram, which is at cammy.wilkey.
0: Oh, I love that. Y'all are going to get some good gold nuggets over there from her. The baby's Bibles and business podcast. So cute. I love the alliteration. All right, Cami, you are a bundle of joy. And I know that anybody working with you is just feeling the energy from you and are just, I mean, I just love your mission. And I am praying for you and your husband's journey as y'all are adopting. I pray that God just like, flourishes your business and just makes y'all's paths um, straight. And, you know, not necessarily easy, but makes it to where there's lessons to be learned along the way, because I know it's going to grow you. And I know it's going to make you into the person that he wants you to be. So thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Lisa. Cammie is the absolute cutest. I could talk to her all day long. I feel like she could be my sister. Actually, I feel like that with almost all of my guests that come on the show because we have this kindred spirit of desiring to live a simple lifestyle and manage our home and be really good moms. So if you wanna connect more with Cammy Wilkie, head on over to Instagram and follow her over there. Also, don't forget, if you have not downloaded my daily reset checklist, go over to habitsandhome.com and download it, use it, and establish that daily reset habit. All right, friends, I'll see you right here next week on the Habits and Home Show.